It's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast. D-A-C-C-C-A-S-T, cause I said it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, deck cast, D-A-C-C-C-A-S-T, D-A-C-C-C-A-S-T. You're listening to Deckcast, produced by students of Danville Alien Theater College. And now your hosts, Kaya and Keegan. Yo, 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 it's Kaya and Keegan here from the basement of the clock tower. Big shout out to fellow DAC student Carrie Heatherly and 90s daughter member Guido Estevez with our intro song. Here on DACcast, we get to know the familiar faces we see all over campus in hopes that students at DAC and members of the community get to know each other a little better. With that being said, we are here today uh, with Jamie Berthel, Dr. Jamie Berthel. Hi. Hello. Very How nice are you? Glad to be here. I'm well. <laughs> um, we are I very glad I have my sticker. I am COVID-free. Yes. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at DAC. I teach rhetoric and intro to film or film appreciation. I've been here, I think, 22 years now. Wow. Wow. Okay, so before COVID, what did a normal day look like for you? I teach three sections each day of usually 101 or 102. 101 is the basic intro to uh, rhetoric and composition, and 102 is academic discourse with the researched element added in. So 101 is public discourse, and 102 is academic discourse. So I would teach three classes each day, and a night, my night class is for my film students. So we meet at night and screen films and take quizzes on the book. And I do, Otherwise, I do not work with a book. Yeah. Um, I so do. I do I would, remember hearing that is that you don't you don't usually uh, structure your curriculum around a book. There's no. I've never used a book, and I've been teaching 35 years, and I've never used a book in composition and rhetoric. Yeah. I'm a Socratic teacher, okay. so my students need to be in the room with me. We have an open, ongoing, random, flexible dialogue. So I'll choose a topic for us to and with them give them several choices of a topic that we might do that has to do with being a member in a culture at this time and place in history. And it might be something like um, free will. It might be something like, um, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. It might be a philosophical question, or it might be a very practical question, like whether students should wear school uniforms in grade school or spanking or something like that. And so we... We just discuss topics. We pick a topic, talk about it, and then we write, and then we read our essays aloud. So how has um, going virtual affected, you said you really like to have like a, a discussion-based class? Yeah. Um, Great question. The question of 2020, <laughs> is it not? For people like myself who have never taught online and vowed never to, yeah. I asked three times when I interviewed here. Now, I don't, I don't have to teach summers, right, because I taught a lot of summers, and I don't have to teach online, right? And they kept saying no, and I would say, let me ask that one more time. But now I've been thrown into it, and it was interesting. The first thing I learned was that our support staff here at DAC is 
phenomenal. <laughs> Maggie Hoover and her assistant, um, Janae Merrick, are incredible. Yeah. So within two weeks, the entire faculty-wide had to, you know, brush up, if not be introduced to their online skills. And those two gals were incredible. And Janae will come over to my office right next to me anytime and help me learn stuff. So it was fun, kind of fun, to learn Blackboard. And the short answer to the question is really that I would say, although it's not a popular opinion, that um, electro, you know, uh, virtual learning in general using the platform has given me many tools that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. The Grade Center, um, being able to say to a student who wasn't there last time, look on Blackboard, a description of the of the prompt is right there, <laughs> so I don't have to say it again. It has aided me in tools that make it. Um, easier to just convey information to my students, but it has not improved. I would say the quality of my product has decreased by 40%. Wow. But the ability to use the platform to manage things and have always students, students always be able to see something like the course outline or the, the description of the assignment again or their grades and whatnot. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. But um, to me, it's just uh, not the same. Do you think that when we go back to face-to-face teaching, you're, you're going to kind of implement a little bit of Blackboard into your teaching now? I will keep um, posting the assignments Okay. so any student can see it at any time. Mm-hmm. The late, late, late student who's just now looking at it <laughs> and asking if they can submit it. Um, I'll continue to post... Um, Probably announcements, but I also like Remind, and most people are very familiar with Remind. Yeah. And I use that a lot. I love, love, love Remind. So yeah. it's my companion to Blackboard. So I'll keep that. Just very basic stuff. Yeah. But I can't wait to get back with my students in the room with me. Yeah. So an in intro to film, what do you think is the most popular movie among students? Like, what movie do they like the most? Well, it's a survey course, so I warned them (laughs) that you're going to see some black and white, you're going to see some Mm -hmm. old. Um, We will get to contemporary films near the end, which we didn't get to do when we jumped. jumped What did we, what else did we miss? We missed, like, cults and... Cult, foreign, I did, it is an American film course, but we were planning to do a cult film and a foreign film. That was going to be exciting. Um... And horror? Were we going to add horror? I think so. But I would say, gosh, that's a hard question. You almost have to ask them. (laughs) (laughs) They like the Hitchcock more than they thought they would. Okay. And was that true for you? Um, What did you like? This is a question for you. Okay, what was that one? Uh, so leaving classes, all four of us, because there was only four of us in uh-huh. the class, so it was very Small. intimate. It was. We would always um, discuss if we liked the movie and if we didn't. Um, and nobody else liked it, but I did. The one with, um, I don't even remember what it was called, with the housewife. And um, do you remember the scene with the bubbles taking up the whole entire backyard? That was a Doris Day film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, the thrill of it all. Yeah, that was I actually liked that one, comedy. but I guess the rest of the class didn't. So I, I guess <laughs> right. that's just me. <laughs> it was too stilted for them. Probably dated a fifties a fifties backdrop to the yeah. story. Yeah, Doris Day, Rock Hudson. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The film classes I took in undergrad and grad were straight up auteur. Uh, the Masters, a lot of foreign films, Kurosawa and Bunuel and Antonioni and real, you know, artsy stuff. And so I do not use those at all in my yeah. course here because it's more, it's American films and we want to just kick back and relax into it a little bit more. Yeah. Not be so heavy about it. Definitely. <laughs> so getting into your background a little bit. If you could tell us a little bit about where you went to college, where you got your degrees, what your degrees were in. My bachelor's degree was very interesting. It was called an an allied arts major at Illinois State University Hmm. in the 70s, in 71, (laughs) so long time ago. Wonderful program. You you would write your own uh, program. It was a six-year program in music, art, theater, dance, and film. So it was a... Straight ahead, fine arts, performing arts, amalgam of all of those. And it was a six year, and I completed it before it was approved. So it was a big risk. There were three of us that completed it in 76, not knowing whether or not after six years of work we would be credentialed. So that was cool. And I don't know if you can still take an allied arts, it's called a contract major. Some universities have them. And where was this at? Illinois State University. So I had a performing arts undergrad, and um, I went night school. I worked secretary for many, many years and went to night school to get my master's from Western Illinois in um, literature, half British and half English, um, half American, half Brit, half American literature. Didn't know what I would do with that. I just thought, I'll, t- I'll go to night school. I want to maybe read all the great books for pleasure. Yeah. And did that. It took three and a half years, working all day as a secretary and going to school at night. Then I became a gypsy scholar. You're familiar with professors who are adjuncts. For a long time, for six years between my master's and my doctorate, I taught at two-year schools and one private school, one class at a time. So I would work all day as a secretary, drive 45 miles to a college in Iowa where I was living for one class, um, take another class locally, at uh, teach another class locally at Black Hawk College in Moline, teach another class locally at Scott Community College in um, Bettendorf. I would have to do all of that, carrying all my materials in my car to get my part-time income up to $650 a month. (laughs) (laughs) It was nuts. So I did that for six years, and then I decided one day to, I'll just go get a doctorate. Why not? I have nothing better to do. And it would pay me uh, as a graduate uh, student teaching assistant Um, the same as being a secretary. Mm -hmm. So I went back to Illinois State University for my doctorate in rhetoric. Wow. And it took eight and a half years. Wow. So half my life, I was in college for 24 years. Oh, my Um, goodness. It took me half my life till I was in my 40s because while I was teaching 
at the master's level, every time a job opportunity, an opening would come up, a PhD would slip in and get it. Oh, and yeah. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And so I thought, I got to go back. If I want to compete, I got to go back and get a, get yeah. a doctorate. So I did. Wow. So I hear that a lot about people who spend like 20 to 30 years in college. And I have to ask, did it feel like you were in college the whole time? Or did it feel like you were working a little bit? Um, what, do you, what do you mean by working? Like, did it feel like it was a job kind <laughs> yeah, of? Yeah, like it was. No, it was pleasure. It was pure pleasure okay. because my daytime life was working for small businessmen who would come and go throughout my building. I had a PBX switchboard, if you even know what that is. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a copier service and so on. So I was doing just this um, work for other people's business, which I probably didn't even understand. Mm-hmm. And then at night I would get to um, d- dive into the great books and the great thoughts of all the great people that have built our, our wow. culture and our nation our world. And so I loved it. I loved every minute of graduate school. Even though it took a long time, Mm -hmm. I loved it. And I'm so happy that I was educated, I guess you would say old school, nothing virtual. I was going to say, how does your time in college compare to your time now teaching it? Here I am where I should retire and could retire, but I just am not interested in retiring yet. Yeah. Here I am reflecting on that very thing every single day. Am I still rewarded? Are my students still liking what I do with them? Yeah. Are they still sort of taking the bait? Mm-hmm. You know, is it still working? And uh, you'll have a good semester, and you'll think, I've been teaching a long time. Maybe, maybe this is the time for me. Maybe this isn't my place anymore. And then you'll have a great semester and think, I still rock at my job. <laughs> you know, I still like this. My students are engaged and so on. Yeah. But I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. So at the risk of my section taking up too much time, which I know Kaya doesn't want to happen, but I'm going to ask <laughs> My this answers question. are too long. No, 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 I'm known for that. It's because I'm coming up with so many really good questions with everything you say. But what is it about being creative? Or when did you realize that you wanted to choose a career path that was being creative over the traditional get a business degree? Good question. <laughs> um, okay, so... I'm in the performing arts. I'm 18. I'm in the concert choir for fun because I have always sung. And I was in this, had this opportunity, as all students do at mm. university, to be in big productions if they're inclined. And one day, uh, Professor Donald Armstrong, in our concert choir session, started to explicate the words to the piece that we were singing and explain them. And I thought, this is where I want to go. (laughs) I want to go further into reflective activities Mm -hmm. that, you know, that lead to insights, that make us ask more questions than we answer. I just loved it. It was an aha moment for me, like I want to go farther. And I want to stay in the realm where the an- nothing sits still. Mm-hmm. The answers well, are not yeah. certain. And the 
you know, the investigations can go farther without necessarily a closure. Gotcha. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Did I answer mm-hmm. that okay? Yeah. <laughs> so you said you were in the choir, right? The concert choir and the women's choir. Okay, and so um, you had more opportunities in your life to be able to sing, um, specifically jazz, I think. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, all through my whole life, I had an ability to sing. I'm not wonderful. I'm just good enough. <laughs> you know that are. feeling? <laughs> you know that feeling? And in fact, when I went to university, having had no training at all, I very quickly realized that the students around me who were music majors were extraordinarily talented. Yeah. And I just wasn't to their caliber. So I had to face that right away. I can I can sing. I'm not bad. But I'm, this is not, I will not go farther as a singer. So I began the circuit of clubs, as most singers do when wow. they're not stage worthy. <laughs> and I worked in nightclubs uh, with trios all my adult life until we came, until I came here because I had sung in um, clubs in Bloomington Normal where I lived during grad school yeah. for several years there. And then we moved here. I moved here with my husband, and he bought a building downtown, <laughs> and we turned it into a supper club because I had nowhere to perform anymore. Mm-hmm. So I sang wow. there for about 10 years while we were open. We closed to the public a long yeah. time ago, but I sang there. Wow. And right. I sing every once in a while now. And that... No clubs anymore. That club was, was it the Heron? It's called the Heron. Okay. We mm-hmm. heard, how Downtown. was that experience in, I mean, in a restaurant? A small oh, business? boy. What a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, within four months of my going to school forever, that within four months of my getting my position here at DAC, thank you, <laughs> my husband had bought this building. And off we went. Um, he kind of didn't even really tell me about it, which has been, you know, right there and over over our heads for a long time. But um, what was the question again? What, what was the experience like owning oh, a small business? owning a small okay. business. Okay, yeah. so I'm sitting on my little stool singing, and I would have to get up and take care. I'm watching the dining room happen. Yeah. And we always had a pretty good staff. And it's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful historic building. It really is. So it was a nice place to do it. And I'm watching everything happen and wanting to get up off my stool and go do this for that person over there at that table and so on. So between songs, I would wait table, clear a table, change the paper towels in the bathroom, um, (laughs) greet the people at the door, um, field complaints at the back of the house about anything down in the kitchen. It was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. We had a bartender once who was a professional. He was displaced from Katrina. And he was the real deal. He came north and worked for us briefly. And he said to us once, uh, the only reason why you're still married is because you, and he pointed to me, don't drink. (laughs) Many such moments. It was overwhelming. Yeah. Dining out is not the pretty thing that you experience when you're the guest. 
Would you ever do it again? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> You've had no. your time. No. Nope. <laughs> and we had people work for us who had wandered in to give us a try because we were beautiful and it was, you know, it was a nice place and the Danville, Danville was good to us. Yeah. So they would wander in and one of them, um, can't remember his name, David, was a pro and he came in and said, um, well, let me speak to the captain. And I said, well, if you know what the captain is, then that would be you. Um, and he himself would never go out on the floor. He said, nope, I am done. I am done serving tables. Hmm. Only the one time when the dumbwaiter broke did David all of a sudden tell, tell all of us on the staff, here's what you do, because the food came up from the kitchen on a dumbwaiter. Here's what you do. You put a... Um, a person at the back staircase, you put a person in the kitchen, and you express the food up the back staircase onto the dining room, wow. and that's how you do it. And only then did he jump in and actually serve guests tableside. Other than that, like myself, he would say, been there, done that. Yeah. I'm just behind the bar. I'm the bartender. <laughs> I don't do tables. Gotcha. <laughs> I have many stories from the heron. It was nuts. <laughs> And you said it was 10 years, right? We did it for 10 years. And then a recession kind of blew through. And we, we were kind of burnt out anyway because my husband has a full-time job. I had a full-time job. It was a, you know, ha-ha hobby for us that was all-consuming. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we just closed and started doing private events only. Okay. And now we still own the property, which is, you know, for sale. Okay. Mm. That might be something you'd want to edit out later. <laughs> I think that's well known. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so you're a very excellent singer. That's what we were told. Very excellent singer. Oh. And you're very interested in film. Um, mm -hmm. I think... So what is your... Could you pinpoint a favorite actor of yours? Paul Schofield. You're way too young to know who that yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say. Never heard of him. <laughs> He's long gone. Yeah. Um, if there were an older man that I'd want to have a relationship with, it would be <laughs> Paul Schofield. Oh Dana goodness. Andrews. Yeah. Actor female. Hmm. You could probably list off like Ingrid Bergman. Things. Yeah. Do you have any current actors Maggie or actresses that you like watching their movies? Is Maggie Gyllenhaal new enough for you? I don't know All who of Maggie you Gyllenhaal young people. is. You do not know who that is? Wow. I know who Jake Gyllenhaal is. Yeah, his sister. Oh, okay. Contemporary. Is Catherine Keener too <laughs> old for you to know who that is? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I'm shocked at how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it happens to everyone. All of a sudden you realize, man, my students do not know who Elizabeth Taylor is. <laughs> Have you had those crazy. aha moments? You've had those? All the time. Yeah. And I try not to condescend. Like, oh, really? Yeah. How can you not know who Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor is? Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it happened to our parents' generation as well. Oh. Yeah. They would say, how, how can you not know who who Cary Grant is. How can anyone not know who Cary Grant is? Well, it's yeah. forgivable. You're young. 
That's why I can't really think of a super contem- Who would you say super contemporary? I, I don't know. I don't. You're not a film watcher every day to sort of. No, not really. I'm that, I mean, that was one big thing being in your class this semester was like, wow, you and another kid in our class just kind of bantered back and forth about your love for film and actors and actresses and directors and could name all of these people. And he knew them all. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> never heard of them. For yourself? Male, female? I don't want you to judge me. Oh, no. Oh, but like I'm I would a do big, that. So I'm a big Avengers fan, so I like Robert Downey Jr. a lot. But I also think I think he gets seen for that stuff and his, like, The Judge. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not, but I love him in Shortcuts. Are you familiar? No. It's no. a Robert Altman film. He's Is that an, when he was young? I guess so, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Define young. I watched his <laughs> special on David Letterman, that show, yeah. My Next Guest, and yeah. they showed a bunch of his really early movies, like before he had the drug problem and everything, and he looked like he was like 16. I don't know if he was having the drug problem during Shortcuts, but Shortcuts is a phenomenal film, so if you really like him, mm-hmm. you'd want to see that one. It's longish. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about him. He's young enough that... Yeah. Are there any movies that you've ever watched and you're like, I can't watch any more of it. It was just really bad. Like, it's just... Either, it's so bad. Yeah, it's like it's cheesy or it's just <laughs> it's just not watchable. Do any come to mind? Great question. <laughs> this is just so bad I cannot watch it another time. Nope. Cheesy is good. <laughs> cheesy is good. Maybe Doris Day films. My husband feels that way about them. Yeah. I'll grab for the Doris Day. Um, and they're pretty pretty cheesy. She yeah. has such a cardboard cutout. Very much know, so. A little Miss Perfect with their hair and her little outfits and the June Cleaver yeah. <laughs> effect. <laughs> the housewife with pearls and high heels on and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm still up for cheese. Yeah. Good good question, though. Probably haunt me later. Over dinner, I'll go, oh, I know what that was. (laughs) So my mom was a huge John Wayne fan. So did you have any interest in Spaghetti Westerns with him and, like, Clint Eastwood? Interesting. I'm one of the few people, don't tell anybody. Okay. But I'm not a Wayne fan. And everyone has that same reaction, like, (laughs) oh, you're kidding me. Because I don't know. I, oh. What's it about it? I get, it, there could be a certain element. Always certain the element same. A lack of effort, yeah. It's the same. Always the same. And he does, he does have the cowboy about him. Mm-hmm. Rugged. But I've learned to enjoy Westerns really rather recently. And the thing about, real westerns is that cowboys get dirty Mm -hmm. they're dusty and dirty and smelly and tired and wayne was never any of those things so some of those glitzy um movie star type cowboys just didn't do it for me and he was kind of one of them always the same i know i create a lot of enemies when i say that (laughs) because he's he's so beloved he really is is he's just not my my first pick for a western. Yeah. That's interesting. What made you think of 
of him. Your mom. Yeah, because we I would yeah. grow up and I'd be laying on the couch. It'd be nine a.m. and my mom would have one of those movies on. So, and I'm I'm gonna ask about another movie. Okay. It's a mad, 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 mad world. My husband's favorite film. <laughs> Yes. You I like love, it? I love that movie. It's so funny. It's so long. Interesting. But it's so funny. That's funny that you bring that up. I'll have to tell him. <laughs> um, I'm not a real big fan of Mad Mad because <laughs> it's so zany. Yeah. Um, and I like the comedy to be a little darker or a little, I don't know, darker. And yeah, Madcap. Yeah. And name a, an actor and they're in it. Yeah. You know, everybody in the world is in it. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you are an excellent singer. You like films a lot, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And um, I heard that you do you own horses or do you take care of horses? Or? I, yeah, keep. I keep oh, okay. horses. I, I vowed never to really own one. Okay. Um, because. It's a huge response, responsibility, 1,000-pound livestock. Yeah. I used to be a trail guide at Thunderwolf. A lot oh. of people in Danville are familiar with um, the Thunderwolf trail ride hmm. um, outfit that was at Kickapoo until about, I don't know, six years ago. But I started there. Yeah. I just drove by, and I would look at the folks on the picnic table and think, I think you have to be a member to pull in there. So I would you know, keep driving by, and then one day I'd... I pulled in and started taking lessons and had never ridden. So that oh, was wow. about nine years ago. Okay. So I worked my way up through lessons and became a trail guide and fell in love with the horse world and horse people. Mm-hmm. Western movies yeah. never gave them a thought. Now I've studied them. I appreciate what the Western, you know, yeah. um, print the myth, you know, is all about. So we had 24 horses there. And I learned a lot of horse keeping and horse care. Then we closed to the business, moved our herd, uh, found homes for a good chunk of the herd. The owner was a retired, um, is a retired Southside Chicago police officer who wanted Mm. to, she was tough. She was tough to work for um, and wanted to always have a trail riding outfit. So they were her horses. So I got to work with, 24 horses and not own any of them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) And ride every day for hours. Awesome. Wow. Then we broke up the herd and took eight of them to some private land where I uh, keep one little horse now. And he's actually not so little, but Mm. those eight then moved to Southern Illinois just a few months ago. So it was heartbreaking for me. Yeah. They were the horses I loved and rode a lot. Um, I miss them. Yeah. But they're happy. That's all that matters. They're safe and happy and very bonded. And now I keep one horse as a favor to um, a friend, just a stranger, really, who needed a place to keep her horse. Yeah. And I said, I am currently horseless, and I would love <laughs> to take care of him. So I see him every day. What's and his ride name? Him. His name is, I probably should not say his name. Aww. Okay. How I don't old like is he? his name, actually. How old is he? 20. Wow. He's 20. So he's a little slow. Absolutely the gentlest, sweetest horse I've wow. ever, ever known. Mm-hmm. He's pure joy to work with. So every day I go out and um, spoil him. I groom him, feed him, ride him. 
And I recently went to Turkey Run just to get back in the saddle yeah. gotcha. and got to ride there. But I'm actually going in September to a huge ranch in Colorado wow. to ride for every day for hours for a couple weeks. Gotcha. I was going to go in September and then COVID hit. Yeah. So. I do remember that, I think. Yeah, that I was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was sad. So Because I love to ride. Yeah, you're hoping to do it next year well they actually did open up out there but it was restricted and i'd already changed my mind and i was into the learning the virtual and i was kind of overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. the switch yeah from so abruptly for me so i just said you know keep my money i'll be back next september yeah and i'm sure i will be i think this is all going to be over by summer don't you think yeah that's what we said in march of last year i know (laughs) i know (laughs) or march of this year um, so you talked about living in normal in Bloomington and you mm-hmm. talked about how you should be retired right now, but you're should choosing be. not to. What is it about your job and what you do every day that makes you want to stay? That keeps me here. The students, mm-hmm. the students, the students and keeping my materials fresh and trying things out on them. Mm-hmm. I love teaching especially at a community college because I had lots of experience as a GTA I taught at university and a private university for eight and a half years while I completed my education and everybody in my classroom was quite young and from a Chicago suburb (laughs) you know the vast majority of the students so I love at the community college I've got truck driver nurse 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 L-Ed, pre-law, pre-vet, forestry, um, cam chef, builder, um, plumber, HVAC, 30 years old, 40 years old, 18. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. The variety of the students before me and the way I have to adjust my materials to keep them all engaged. I just still really love, I never feel like I cannot walk in there one more time. <laughs> I mean, on occasion, I might rarely think I cannot go in there. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I got to just fake it or something. And then I'll walk in and realize I so know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's what I do. Yeah. All right. And I mean, with that being said, do you have any goals or do you have anything you want um, to do after retirement? Well, with the departments that you're in right now. Oh, every time the time of year comes around when we choose whether we want to apply for that, um, whatever that is, whatever that thing is where you get money, some type of grant. Oh, it's a scholarship. The endowed chair. Gotcha. Um, I asked myself, what would I do with this cash? Yeah. And it would always be to hire a speaker, someone wonderful, someone awesome. Would yeah. I have enough money to do that? And when I think of the people that I would bring to campus, I'm always convinced that no one would want to hear from them. <laughs> and so I always pass. But perhaps, you know, bring someone to campus that would that would amaze not only the, the, the DAC community, but the wider community, that yeah. they would come in droves to see X person. Yeah. And I never really know what that is. Or I would use the money to build a beautiful screening room <laughs> 
for my film students. I can get behind that. Oh, I know. I, I taught at Lincoln College briefly, and they had an amazing state-of-the-art screening room at yeah. that little bitty college. In we Lincoln. had a little bit of te- technical difficulty our whole semester while we were in class, yeah. so it's probably a little bit different than a nice screening room. Beautiful screening room. I would love that. I would like to have one. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I think everyone would. I have. mean, we have Bremer. Yeah. But it's not always available, and yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Nice, yeah. intimate little. Mm-hmm. And then you said earlier asking the question of what are you going to do when you retire? I mean, do you have any plans? Do you have an idea? I wonder. Well, my husband and I now um, run a foundation. So with his larger clients, he has put together a foundation and I'll help him run that. We already are on, you know, it's, it's up, but it's not full steam ahead yeah so I will help him run the foundation um I'll do some writing that professors put off usually until their senior years yeah I will get at that more I will definitely stay in the saddle yeah and I always kind of wanted to train seeing eye dogs hmm okay that'd be fun Mm -hmm. anything with dogs is fun Anything with dog, horse people are dog people, and dog people are horse people. I do remember, you said you weren't um, like a streaming platform person, were you? Like Netflix, Hulu, things like that? No, but I saw something just yesterday called The Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah. And it's on Netflix. Wait, we were telling you to watch it in class. So that's been out a while. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. We is were it, like, this is Is it fantastic? Thing. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really interesting. You recommended that to me. Yeah. Well, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Have you gotten Netflix? I I had it briefly, but everything that I wanted to see wasn't on there. And the Netflix people would say, you're mistaken. You know, you can have anything you want on Netflix. I discovered that it wasn't really so. Yeah. And I just like to own my films. And I bring that up because there's, I I don't know if it's a Netflix original or something like that, um, but it's a whole series of them training, like seeing eye dogs. And You're kidding. Yeah, they they choose the litters um, yes. and they go through yeah. the whole entire process and like finding homes. And it's it was really interesting, actually. Be- but because I've you said that, I think that to, yeah, do you should that. watch it. I would think it would be challenging. Yeah, and very worthwhile. Yeah. I, Guiding Eyes is one of my um, institutions that I, you know, donate to all the time because I just love, love, love them. And once I was in an airport when they were uh, delivering them mm-hmm. to their people. <gasps> oh. So they had um, <laughs> probably 15 of them who had graduated. Yeah. And they had their little vests on and their little, you know, service animal vests on. Oh and they goodness. were going to meet their people at the airport. So I got to watch that. Wow. I don't know why I've always wanted to do that. I just, I just have. I've yeah. always, you know... I may look into that or work for the ASPCA and rescue. Yeah. Do rescue. Seems to me like you like animals. Always have. Yeah. Just always yeah, drawn to them. The oh. smell of a horse, nothing like it. <laughs> I, I want to ask one more question. Oh, alrighty. So I'm a journalism major. Okay. And I think I might be one of the one of maybe the three people on campus that are journalism majors. I might be the only one. I'm not sure. But there's very few people my age and who I graduated high school with that are Mm -hmm. going after English degrees or stuff like that or something to be creative or something they're 
interested in mm-hmm. and like fear of well, I'm not going to make any money. Like I get, I get made fun of sometimes because they, they don't think I'm going to make any money. So what would you say to someone who wants to be creative, but they're afraid about not making money? Making money, not making money. I've been, I feel like I've been poor all my life. <laughs> um, and I'm not, of course, but let me think here. I can tell you the folks that I have known in my life who went into journalism, they made decent money, Mm -hmm. but they um, had fascinating uh, projects. One ended up, one of my friends from undergrad ended up working for um, Nat Geo and the History Channel, field work, um, interviewing people and doing, I guess what you would call you know, fieldwork journalism, won an Emmy, um, had to, had to, did, had to, did have to work for private corporations, which struggled, mm-hmm. one of which folded. Um, so her, her career path was not steady with regard to income, but when she was working, she made great money and the pleasures and rewards of being a journalist mm-hmm. are immense. And, you know, you want to do something romantic, forget about, forget about falling in love, strap on your backpack and go to a war zone, you know, yeah. go, where, go to someplace in the world where things are happening, where people are coming alive, um, demanding their rights, go to where the action is. Of course, that's why you chose it, yeah. no doubt. That's where romance is. That's yeah. where it's happening. So I'm really not familiar with the broadcast journalism income. I really don't know what those folks make. Do you? I I mean, I'm not sure they can make, if you're working for ESPN, you can make millions. If you're working for like a local newspaper, you can make 40,000. Exactly. Is it more about enjoying what you're doing and loving what you do every day over cash and a good paycheck? Of course, I'm going to say that. Yeah. You know, professors do not get rich. Even the rich ones mm-hmm. are not rich. Um, it's the lifestyle. And I, I imagine journalism is much the same. It's what you do each day. Am I fulfilled by it? Yeah. Am I inspired or engaged by it? Does it amuse me? Uh, does it make me have to work hard? But do I, I tell my young students, Whatever you do, like especially going to college, you want it to be hard but interesting Mm -hmm. because you're not going to stick with something if it's just a drag for you and it's wearing you down and you're stressed and unhappy and you're not even in, you're not even interested in it. But for it to be very hard but very interesting, and I would imagine journalism is like that, that you would have no fear that you wouldn't, you'd be able to make it on whatever money you're making because... Mm -hmm. The job is awesome, and the people that you're meeting along the way are fascinating. A um, Texan, um, oh, who are the guys that, uh, a marshal, a U.S. marshal. That was one of my friend's most interesting experiences, interviewing a U.S. marshal for, I don't know, one of the big channels on TV, and... She never stopped talking about that that guy, how interesting he was. Mm-hmm. 
You're planning on having a family, big family, three, four yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take some dough. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and this Your is wife will make money. She'll make money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she's a man. Or your major, husband. So. So now we are going to move on to our rapid fire questions segment. Oh no. Deck attack. Oh no. <laughs> One, two, three, four. You mean that's it? I'm ready. Hit me. Tea or coffee? Tea. Mornings or evenings? See, I made a mistake just there. <laughs> you, you prefer coffee? I drink a lot of coffee. You literally, you said tea I lied. more emphatically than right I Right off the bat. <laughs> but I do drink, drink, drink green tea every day. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Mornings or evenings? Evenings. Film or music? Ugh. <laughs> Film. Film? Okay. Sweet or savory? Savory. I lied again. chocolate or vanilla chocolate sing or dance sing summer or winter summer Uh, beach or mountains mountains eat in or dine out dine out and lastly illinois state or western illinois illinois state yeah hands down (laughs) yeah well, uh, well, at Western, I was night school, so I yeah, really true. never got the Western flavor. Experience, All you Western yeah. people out there, no offense. <laughs> um, my professors were great. Yeah. They were wonderful. But it was at Augustana, so I went to Augustana for, for my classes, and they commuted. Yeah. So I really didn't have the Western experience. But Illinois State, yep. And it gets prettier every year. Yeah. The way the campus and the town are being... Yeah. Built up. It's beautiful. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Berthel. Uh, My we, pleasure. We really appreciated having you. It was a, it was a really fun time to be here. Talking fun. about film. Mm-hmm. And I would say to anybody, if you want to keep on talking about film, go take an intro to film class. Yep. It's it's really, really cool. We're doing it during the day this next term Oh. to see if that brings me a few more students. Yeah. We had a, we had a small group of four tiny yeah Alrighty. um thank you guys for listening this has been the dat cast with kaya and keegan stay classy jaguars <laughs>